Please pray with me. Oh, our source, source of all our longing, let our hearts be open before you. And let us be deeply satisfied. We ask this through Christ, the living water. Amen. What are the best things you've said yes to in your life? And when has someone said yes to you? When have you experienced someone showing you love and acceptance that you could hardly believe? Do you remember what that felt like? A yes so complete you could hardly take it in. This great shout from Isaiah, which is many is one of many places in scripture where we hear God's yes. As Barry showed us, this message is so urgent it begins with an inarticulate exclamation. Hi! Oh, people, come! There's tons of rich food to be enjoyed, wine and milk. We could add to this list. That paneer last night was really delicious. Chocolate mousse, fresh garden tomatoes, steak for those of you who go for that. (laughs) But without money? In what world do such things happen? In the world that we're used to, the free food available to people who can't afford to buy it generally is not along the lines of wine and feasting. Don't get me wrong, we usually serve a good meal on Monday evenings. They're good quality and plentiful. But this is an abundance we don't even allow ourselves on a regular basis. This is one of several images we have of God as joyful host of a great feast. The creator who delights in the bounty of the earth. The same God who commands people to throw a party with the harvest that they've gathered in and to include everybody around in the feasting, people of every social standing. When God says, have a celebration with what you've gathered in, include the aliens and the foreigners and your slaves, everybody's going to feast. This is another picture of God's desire to gather everyone in. A bountiful love that cannot be contained or exhausted. And this particular open invitation is essentially throwing open the covenant. In this call to come to the waters, come, buy, and eat without cost, the only requirement is that you're thirsty. All you need is desire to come 
eat, delight, drink, and be satisfied. All who thirst are invited to come and listen and eat what is good and live. And God says, I will make a covenant with you. With who? With everybody who's thirsty. All who come, all who show up. And specifically, God is expanding this never-ending covenant with David to include everyone and anyone who is hungry for the loyal, compassionate love of God. This must have sounded a little crazy to some people when they first heard it. Wait a minute. The Davidic covenant? I'm sorry. You're, it's, it's for anyone at all? Just all you have to be is thirsty? Apparently that's what it's saying here because it's right after it says all. We see this pattern repeated in Jesus' ministry, this pattern of desire as the entry point. When Jesus healed people, they just had to want it. You recall him asking, what do you want me to do for you? Or, do you want to be made well? And the psalmist gives us vivid images bodily images of desire for and delight in God. My flesh faints. My whole being, my deepest alive self, my nephesh, thirsts for you. My lips praise you. I lift my hands. And as with rich, creamy, buttery deliciousness, my deepest being is satisfied and full. Joyful lips praise you when I remember you on my bed. The Hebrew could be, when I remember you on my bed, in the middle of the night I groan over you. This word is like moan or imagine or muse. In the shadow of your wings I sing, I shout for joy. I hold on to you, you hold on to me. The truth is we don't often plainly talk about desire in church. But we all know as human beings who live our days as embodied spiritual beings that hunger and food and a satisfying meal and sexual desire and encounter and closeness, trust, intimacy, and being drawn to beauty in all forms and our desire for God and our most profound experiences of God are interconnected human experiences. We don't say this out loud very often. We don't draw these lines together all that often, especially in church. But we experience the way these things are related. With our mouths, we eat, kiss, cry out in pain, Sing, 
Speak softly into a child's ear with eyes and lungs and ears and skin and heart we take in the world around us receive sunlight touch tree bark hear birds feel wonder just the pleasure of holding a smooth stone and feeling the weight of it in your palm of stepping into a brook in bare feet when it's finally warm enough, watching clouds and birds moving through the sky, these things can make us feel fully alive. And these moments experienced in our bodies are moments of connection with our Creator, the source of life, the source of desire, the source of all being. These are all experiences of desire and satisfaction. Our need for nourishment and energy to do good work is connected with the enjoyment of food and even of preparing and sharing food, its taste and smell and our need to be known and loved is connected with good touch and the joy and restfulness and contentment we feel being in the presence of someone we completely trust. These things are parallel to the contentment and joy and overwhelming delight of realizing that God actually desires us and loves us from the details of our imperfect bodies to the depths of our hidden hearts. A rich feast. And yet, that's not where we tend to live hour by hour, moment by moment in our day-to-day lives. Our own awareness of our deeper desires is kind of touch and go, Sometimes we live at the surface just because we're trying to get through the day. And still the prophet asks, why do you spend your money for that which is not bread and your labor for that which does not satisfy? Because even if we're not noticing the longings of our deepest being, they're tugging at us. And we answer them in many different ways. If we don't have time or energy to really pay close attention, we manage our desires with whatever happens to be our chosen medicine. And generally, there's not much wrong with the medicine. It's just not ultimately what we're really hankering for. We all know the experience of disordered desire, Good and normal hunger is just pointed in the wrong direction. Or pointed at good things and and people, but things and people who can't give us all we need. We all have our addictions. Places in our lives where we're just overly attached to something, someone, 
Our addictions are all the ways we attach our desires and our primary human needs to things and people and habits that are less than feasting. It's a quick fix, and it works for the moment. But as we all know, it doesn't quench the thirst. We need more and more, and it's still not deeply satisfying. That's a simple definition of addictive behavior. And it's why the practice of giving up the thing you really don't want to do without is so effective to uncover the longing of your spirit that is beneath the substance or the habit or the person you've been using to medicate it. In John 4, Jesus says to the woman at the well, Everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again. But those who drink of the water that I will give them will never be thirsty. The water that I will give will become in them a spring of water gushing up to eternal life. And the woman said to him, Sir, give me this water. So I will never be thirsty or have to keep coming here to draw water. Is he for real? Do we believe this is possible? Are we willing to follow our desire all the way to its source? Because all that is needed, the prophet tells us, for delight and pardon and joy is to allow and follow this thirst toward God. Isn't this why Jesus is constantly telling people to leave other things behind? He gets the way our possessions and even our great accomplishments and all the things we think we need can mask our primary desire and fulfillment and keep us from seeing the primal joy that is always desiring us. What do you use to keep your hungers quiet? Do you notice yourself doing this? What is it? I mean, we all do this. Food or work, maybe even serving other people, being in control, making a plan that is flawless, TV, I mean, you know what it is. There are probably as many ways to keep on going to the well as there are people, I would think. But when you see yourself doing this, any sort of self-medicating, it's easy for us to just get trapped in focusing on how I'm hooked and I'm snagged and I'm, I'm doing this again and I'm unsatisfied, and then we spend time in our shame and our guilt when we see those patterns, those addictive habits or those attachments. But what we, what we need to do is see it for what it is, because it doesn't matter what your particular hang-up is. All of it is seed for our being set free. Because the more we recognize the things that are not cutting it for us, the more we are ready to hear God's gracious and abundant invitation to turn 
Come, drink, and be satisfied. If you don't run away from that moment of humiliation, your moments of deepest humiliation will show you what you really want and what you most need. Which ultimately is union with God. Or rather an awareness of the union that already exists. And release from all other attachments. True freedom. But that requires withstanding the ache long enough to follow it and not just cover it over. The poet Hafiz has some wisdom for us on this. Don't surrender your loneliness too quickly. Let it cut more deep. Let it ferment and season you as few human or even divine ingredients can. Something missing in my heart tonight has made my eyes so soft, my voice so tender, my need of God absolutely clear. We know the longing. We get the unrequited and restless part really well. We have scads of pop songs about it. But do we actually believe we can be satisfied? That we could, as Ephesians says, be filled with all the fullness of God. I can testify that when I'm inwardly and outwardly awake and aware, I get glimpses that the whole world is full of God. It doesn't take much. Little drops of water from a drain pipe dripping onto the sidewalk. Roots of a tree that is at the edge of the curb just wound over top of each other, making do in the space that they have. When you're looking, life and God is bursting everywhere. Early this week, I took a long walk down to the county park and entered in uh, at the Strawberry Street entrance. I didn't wander very far in. I just needed to watch the river for a while. And without going into too much detail for you, but I, I came in need. And I was asking God that question. Is it possible you could really desire me that much? Really? And as I stood on the riverbank with the bright sun coming through the black outlines of trees and some ducks tucked away 
on the far bank, and the Conestoga quietly passing by. I received a full-bodied yes. My whole being and body and mind were full of energy and a tingling of yes. I felt the need to crouch down this love was so overwhelming. Do we dare to believe that God desires us that much? This huge yes that makes all of our yeses possible. I pray that we may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that we may all be filled with the fullness of God.